All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and host, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. All right, let's talk about Team Builder. If I was still going out to departments and trying to be their fitness person and like come see them every couple months or come see them once a month, and I needed to take a department roster and then break that down into shifts and then be able to manage each shift by each person um, individually and track their progress and their, their weights and their activity, Team Builder is a fantastic app for that. So other apps are meant for more like personal training where you can have like six individual profiles of each individual athlete set up. And that's kind of the face of it, right? Team Builder is all about managing groups. So obviously it's geared towards fitness, right? It's a, it's a fitness coaching app. But if you need to manage groups of people and keep metrics and keep tabs and, and track progress, check it out. So go to teambuilder.com, T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com and enter code TTFP, Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. They want to give you a free 30-day trial of their platform. Go in, check it out. It's risk-free, um, no obligation, but see if you like it. Now, it's cool because if you were just going and checking it out, shopping around, it's a 14-day free trial. But because they dig the show and uh, I like them, they're offering a 30-day free trial. So go check it out, teambuilder.com, T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com, and enter code TTFP for your TTFP for your free 30-day trial. Here comes the intro. Skip forward 30 seconds if you want to get right to the episode. This is the Tailboard Talk Podcast, the best health, wellness, and lifestyle resource for the fire service. We're using stories, lessons, and tips from the front lines to give a realistic view of what the job can do to us and how we can make it out alive. I'm Chris Morella, a firefighter since 03, medic since 05, full-time since 08, and promoted to lieutenant in 20. I'm also a personal trainer and strength coach, and I'm here to give you the best information and host the best discussions to make us capable and durable, both on the job and away from it. So grab a heater, steal some fancy creamer from First Shift, and let's go chat. Hey everybody, Chris here from, well, Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast, and today we're talking about simplicity. If you follow me on social media, you saw I declared 2023 as the year of making fitness simple again. And man, I believe it, because if there's one thing that fitness is good at, and if there's one thing that firefighters are good at, it's, well, there's two things. First of all, distilling extremely difficult and complex things down to um, frustratingly simple terms, like uh, pump at 150, bake at 350. But at the same time, taking very simple things and building them out into the most obnoxiously complex and convoluted and contradictory systems we can think of. And if you don't think that's true, you've either not studied for a promotional exam or you haven't tried to exchange narcs at the hospital. So listen, today is going to be about keeping it simple. We can't talk about keeping it simple necessarily without without discussing why we can't keep it simple. And there's a few things we'll talk about. I mean, fitness programs and offers are everywhere this time of year. This is when gyms are trying to sell. This is when coaches are trying to sell. They're trying to get their clientele and client base set up for the next year. Uh, We talked in the last episode how they want you to buy the uh, entire year instead of month to month. So look at that. Now I charge month to month because I care about my clients. But uh, if you're going to a big big box gym, just beware of that annual membership. And you can go back and listen to the last episode for a little tidbit on that. But uh, 
one thing that fitness, like I said, is great as overcomplicating things. And we like that, right? We as firefighters and paramedics, we like complicated things. How many times have you heard someone say like, well, if, if it's not heavy duty, it's not going to survive in the firehouse and everything has to be special or heavy duty or tactical or have a red stripe on it. We like that little bit of extra. And so when someone comes at us with a simple solution to what we view as a complex problem, especially one that we don't have a lot of information or knowledge or experience about, we just brush it off as like, well, that'll never work. That It's got to be more complex than that. Now that is something called complexity bias. And we'll talk about that in a second. But what I'm also going to give you is something, uh, one of the most simple ways to adjust whatever program you want to have a better chance at meeting your goals. It's a very, very simple, not easy, but simple solution. So recently I had a conversation with a kid at work, a guy at work. Um, I'm old, so I call him a kid. Great guy, great kid, very nice, very polite, very professional, very smart, um, but needs work on his fitness. And it's been identified as that, right? We've, we've run him through the baseline testing, the consumption course, and he needs some help. He's good on individual tasks. He's good on uh, calls with doing one or two things, but the overall capacity is very low. And so that would lend to believe that muscular endurance and cardio are lacking, right? So he's reaching out for help. He's doing the right things. He's asking for help. And he called me up and said, hey, I, can, you, can I please send you my workouts? And I want you to take a look at them. And can you please make any suggestions, change anything you need, um, and just kind of direct me how I should be doing this stuff? And after a few questions, it didn't take long. And hearing about what program he's doing and what cardio he's doing to figure out that the program and the machines and the medium is not the issue. What the issue is, is his intensity going through the program. I have no doubt that he's doing the program. It's not a bad program. Um, his plan is a, a very good one. But if he was doing that program as he described it with the level of intensity that uh, is needed to make the changes, then he'd be visibly different. His capacity would be higher and he'd be able to demonstrate that through the testing. Um, but it's not so that you got to figure out where the weak link is in that, right? So I offered him a uh, solution. We're going to use the step mill to teach intensity. So instead of saying just work harder or, hey, go up 10 pounds on this or shorten your rest period on this, that's a lot of steps, right? That's a lot of things to adjust to keep track of for someone that has a relatively low lifting age, lifting IQ, um, someone new to exercise. So we're going to use a different tool, a very simple tool to teach intensity, and then he can translate that in the future to whatever he needs to do. We're using the step mill. And the goals I gave him for the step mill are 25 minutes or more as you build up through it uh, at 70% or greater of your max heart rate. So that's, I mean, the most uh, widely known formula is 220 minus your age. And then you take a percentage of that. So 70% of that, and you stay above that for 25 minutes um, or stay close to that for 25 minutes, but you're doing intervals or some sort of um, program on the step mill where you're frequently above that. And you do that most of the days of the week. Now that's a lot right? But it's a very simple tool. Uh, I gave him much, much less to think about besides his heart rate and the level of speed of this thing going around underneath him. And from that, we'll be able to teach him like, okay, this is a level that you need to reach in your fitness pursuit. And if you're below this level, you're probably not making the, the strides towards your goal that you want. Um, I also gave him the thing in there. If he does interval workouts on there, the interval should be nearly defeating. Like if you set 
um, a two minute interval on the stair climber, which isn't like abnormal. They're, they're pretty long, they're usually two to one or three to one. Uh, if you get to the end of that two minutes and you're like, oh, I feel pretty good. And then it slows down to an even slower pace. You're way lower than you should be at the end of that two minutes. You should be like counting down the seconds till that rest period. So that's just an example, um, of what intensity that I kind of suggested he be at. But like I said, we're using that now to teach intensity. So when he can get experience on how hard he has to work, he can go back and apply that to some other stuff. And of course I'll help him with that too. But this is just an example of how to keep things simple but get to your goals. But if you thought this was relegated just to fitness, it's not, obviously, right? Every time, this is one of the most frustrating things ever. So I, I mentioned a few times, I've been into bikes and biking for a while, but I've recently like ramped it up, right? I got into more biking. Um, I bought a new bike. And it's the most frustrating thing because you can go completely down an endless rabbit hole when it comes to bike components or even frames and frame materials and weight weight is like king in the road bike and cycling world like grams count like if something's 30 grams and there's a 20 gram option out there people will spend hundreds of dollars to shave off a handful of grams of weight with their components so it's endless right and you can spend all day looking on these forums of like the benefits of this crank length versus that stem height versus this geometry on the frame and no matter what no matter what reviews you read or forum you're on there's always someone there's always some jerk like almost at the bottom who brings up the point of like hey instead of worrying about this stuff why don't you just like ride more and get better at it why don't you ride faster and then 30 grams won't matter and it's like crap so it's everywhere right we love to overcomplicate things when the simple solution might be kind of right there we love to look to the most advanced option and solution we can look for when really a little bit more work on the front end would take care of it, um, especially for the relative victory we're looking for. Like I'm not racing. I don't need, I don't need the $3,000 group set when I can just push a little bit harder on the $500 one. Right. And they did this thing where I'm sure you can relate this to any thing you're into. You know, there's like, let's just say there's six levels of bike component, uh, quality in the world, right? There's like bargain basement one that's a department store and then once you enter a bike shop there's like three levels inside of there so that's the next step up so bike shops carry a next level of quality of component and then there's like a couple more at the pro level which are still in bike shops but specialty things very expensive uh mostly that very expensive time and time again what they tell the general public is like don't worry about the pro stuff like you're going to spend a thousand dollars to shave off 200 grams and it's not worth it worry about going from Walmart brand to like mid-level bike shop brand. That's the greatest use of your money. It's the greatest bang for your buck. You'll notice the biggest difference. It'll feel much better. It'll be so much more durable throughout its lifespan. You'll have less maintenance to do on it. It'll be dependable. As you start going up past that mid-level bike shop brand, the returns start diminishing significantly, but the price to get to the next levels goes up significantly. So you spend way more to get a little bit more back. And so time and time, they're going to like just... Just build a good, solid bike, take care of it, and just work hard and have a good time, right? The same exact thing goes for our fitness. You're going to see the greatest gains and the greatest progression and the greatest change in how you feel when you go from relative inactivity or just not lifting or doing much to like a decent level of fitness. And I'm talking like 
I could barely make it up the stairs without being winded and I can't talk on the radio after going up one flight of stairs. That'd be like the bargain basement stuff. And then mid-range bike shop would be like, yeah, I can carry the high-rise pack up to the sixth floor and I'm tired. Like I'm real tired, but I can definitely do more work after this. That's the difference I'm talking about. I posted a long time ago that uh, my company and me, I'm not worried about turning nines into tens. I'm worried about turning threes into sevens. And that's 100% what I believe. Like I'm not looking to make, I'm not looking to, have you spend all this extra time and effort and energy getting that finite little itty bitty bit of performance out of this well-polished machine. Like that's, that's fun, I guess, for some people to do. And it's something to do, but I want to bring us to a level of like, yeah, we can get some work done and I don't have to worry about everybody exploding the second that we put our air pack on. Right. That's what, that's what matters is getting from the bargain basement to usable, to usable with a good experience. So in that then what makes us, go towards those complex or overly complicated or very expensive things that give us the tiniest bit of return. Like what makes us go towards that? And so we have this thing called complexity bias. And that's basically the idea that the more complex and complicated things are, the better they are. And it's not always true because it's very, very dependent on you, which is, which can be a bummer, right? So let's take coffee in this example. Um, and you're getting a heavy glimpse into my web search here. It's usually on my YouTube page that I look at is usually, um, bike stuff, coffee stuff, and then some strong guy stuff. And that's pretty much it. So if we look at coffee, there is an endless amount of involvement you can have in brewing a cup of coffee. Like you can track the grind size, you can track the beans and where they what altitude they're grown at and when they were roasted and the temperature of your water and how long after you get the water hot, you pour it over the grinds, the grounds, and then um, how long you have to wait before pouring 300 grams of water in the next, it's endless, okay, it's absolutely endless, Uh, you can also go the other way and buy like a super duper expensive coffee machine that you don't have to measure and time out everything, but it does it for you, and it's very expensive and very intricate and, and all that stuff, right, but unfortunately, It's all dependent on what we're putting into it. If you have that super expensive coffee machine that's guaranteed the best cup of coffee in your life and you put garbage water and gross beans in it, you're going to get like the best, best, most incredible, terrible, crappy cup of coffee ever. That's what you're guaranteed with is the cleanest garbage cup of coffee you could ever imagine. So the complexity issue or the complexity bias fails us when we are the failure in the system, right? The machine's probably doing its job. We're not giving it what it wants. And that's where we see that reflection back on fitness. And the story I told before about the kid, the program's fine, the machine's fine, but what we're giving it isn't, it's not capable of producing the result we want with the ingredients we're giving it, right? Now, the novelty effect is another thing that fitness coaches and coaches in general fight with ad nauseum. I mean, it is is, is so frustrating, this novelty effect thing. Um, and I, I get it. Like, I understand what it is. There's a bunch of neophiles running around. You might be one too. You might be a neophile. Okay. And it's not, that's not as bad as it sounds. It just means that you're a person that likes new stuff and needs like new stimulus frequently to stay engaged. That's not a bad thing, but here's the trouble with it. Okay. If I'm your coach and we're doing back squats and week one, you're supposed to do 12 back squats. All right. And now let's say I fail as your coach and I don't tell you what exertion to hit or what weight to use or what rest periods to use, or let's put it back on you. Maybe I do. And you just don't pay attention. Sometimes it happens to everybody. And you do 12 back squats at 
95 pounds. Now you're a strong person, okay? You can easily do 12 back squats at 225 without a doubt. But for some reason, you did 12 back squats at 95 pounds, right? Now let's say the next week, I put back squat eight. You're doing eight back squats per round, let's say. Now, to me as a coach, that means that there's going to be a significant increase in weight. So had you done 225 for 12, I would expect you to put on 20 to 30 pounds on the bar for eight. Right? It's a significant jump potentially, depending on many different variables. Let's say you do 95 again. In my mind, as the coach, I have changed the input to your body, the input to your system. I have to adjust movements around that now because it's going to be more taxing on your nervous system, your musculature in general. So I'm going to adjust your rest periods. It means a lot of stuff. There's a lot of implications for a coach when you go from 12 to 8 on back squat. On the client side, if none of that was communicated well or you weren't paying attention to it, all you see is I'm doing less back squats. Now that can be frustrating because you want something new. Not only do you not have something new that you, not only do you seemingly nothing new, but you have less of something not new. Now, had you done it the way the coach intended it, or had the coach communicated that well and you done it the way he intended it, you would have found novelty in how terrible it felt. I mean, that's a significant jump up in weight and down in reps. It's going to feel pretty different than the time before it and there's the novelty but to you not only is it not new it's less this program sucks what am I doing paying this guy so the novelty effect is tough the other thing is tough is that people tend to look for variation of movement as, as opposed to what I just kind of explained variation within the movement um, instead of looking at the rest periods the reps the tempo all those variations like I said they just see back squat again Great. So it's difficult. That's a difficult thing that coaches fight. It's a difficult thing that online coaches fight. Um, but it's a real thing. It's a real thing. We all like new stuff once in a while. We all like the novelty effect, right? It's not a foreign thing. Now we know the name of it. We just have to understand it so we can kind of work with it, right? Aside from that communication factor, the number one challenge for most coaches, and especially online fitness coaches, is dialing in and having the client perform their program at the right intensity, okay? It's the single greatest challenge. But the trouble is, if you're a remote coach, you need to build up the confidence in that client to let them express intensity and feel like they're doing it safely. So you need to get them to a level of comfort with the movement that they're not afraid to go up 20 pounds on a goblet squat, right? And a lot of people say like, well, I'm just really focused on my form here. I just want to get the form down. And then uh, I'm, I'm just cautious to push it because I don't want my form to break down. But that's the entire point of resistance training. Resistance training is you do a movement and you do it well. And then you start adding resistance onto that movement until you're right at the verge of it not looking good or not being positioned right. And that fight against that resistance that's trying to make you not do it well, that's what makes you stronger. So if it's a heavy bar on your back, you're fighting from getting crushed into a diamond and you're fighting to stand up over that gravity. If it's a pull-up, you're fighting to maintain good shoulder position as you pull your chin to the bar, but not over the bar because then you're wrecking it, right? So you add resistance to these movements, but that's difficult because um, that's intensity. So intensity in the fitness world, or how I view intensity, is manipulating two variables, speed or load. That's how you, that's how you mess around with intensity. You can do something faster or slower, and you can do something heavier, 
and those are things will raise the intensity of the movements. So let's take, again, just a squat, right? You can do a bodyweight squat as fast as possible for 20 seconds. That is a completely different input to your body than loading up 300 pounds on a back squat and doing four of them at a regular pace, right? But both of them are highly intense. They're both far more intense and far more beneficial, depending on your goals, than loading up 95 pounds, if you're capable of 300, than loading up 95 pounds and doing seven or eight, right? But if the program says back squats, seven, seven back squats is what you're doing today, and you fail to apply the appropriate intensity, you're going to be grossly underwhelmed by that thing. You might put 95 pounds on, knock out seven, and walk away calling your coach an idiot. Now, they might be because they didn't communicate the true reason for what you're doing the back squats for, but they also might have done that and the intensity wasn't applied appropriately. So intensity is just such a hard thing to coach. It's such a hard thing to convey to people. It's such a hard thing for people to get comfortable enough pushing themselves to be able to express their intensity. But I will tell you that intensity is the simplest way, the absolute simplest way to apply something and get closer or give yourself the better chance of achieving your goals. Okay, so here's my advice to you in 2023. Here's my direction I'd like to give you. When you're looking for stuff to do, when you're looking for programs to get into, or where do I start, or how do I get back into this thing, my advice to you is to either do something you already enjoy doing, or do something you did enjoy doing at one point, whether that was a workout program, a sport, an activity. Um, it could be running, riding your bike, hiking. It can be weightlifting, Olympic lifting, if you call it that, strength training, CrossFit Zumba, whatever you want to do, right? Something that you like doing and you're doing already or something that you did like in the past. And I want you to evaluate your intensity of that thing. And if you find yourself not being challenged by it or not finding the novelty in it or not being engaged in it like you were, maybe your tastes change, first of all, and that's okay too. But maybe we need to play with that speed or load principle and see if we can get something else out of it, right? We can try doing it faster. If you if you really like biking, uh, and you're like, yeah, I do this circuit. It's a five, mi- it's a seven mile loop, and uh, I get it done in 27 minutes. And I've been doing that for years, but I just feel like I'm not making progress. Well, then your goal is to do it in 25 minutes, and that's a monster jump. That's a lot of time to shave off. But that increase in speed is an increase in intensity, right? If you don't want to do that, find some hills, fight against gravity. That is an increase in load you're going to increase the intensity of your bike ride and you're going to get some more effect out of it. Same thing with running. Run faster, right? Find some hills. I wouldn't load up necessarily with external load when running, but you can do that with walking. Put on a weight vest. Put on a a light backpack, right? 10, 15 pounds is all it could take. Hold one weight. When when clients want some cardio stuff to do and I want it to be a little bit more than that, I, I prescribe a 20 to 25 minute walk on the treadmill or outside carrying one five to 10 pound dumbbell. And the only rule is they just can't put it down and they can't rest it on their shoulder. So usually it's being supported like uh, in the front rack position, which would be weird or the gobble position, which would be awkward. But most of the time it's just hanging at arm's length, like a suitcase carry. And after about two, three minutes that a hand gets tired, that arm gets tired. You feel like your side is a little bit uncomfortable. So you switch to the other hand. It's just enough to do something, but not enough to like make you fail at walking, which would be rough, right? So keep it simple. Do something you already know you like doing and just do it at a more intense level. 
And you can do that, like I said, by manipulating the speed or the resistance or the load. Those two things are the most simple way to adjust your program or adjust what you're doing to make a little bit more progress towards your results. And if you're really struggling, if you're really struggling to find the novelty, right, if you apply these little suggestions, mess around with the speed or load of it, and you do that for a few weeks or a few months, I think you'll find novelty in other things. I think you'll find novelty in like how much better you are at that thing or how much more fit you are for the job or how your clothes are fitting differently or your ability to lift more weight or that those things are novel too. Those things are new inputs that you're discovering. It doesn't have to be necessarily the 75th variation of a split squat to make you excited. It can be uh, the novelty of your own new ability, right? So keep that in mind. It's, it's difficult. It's a long path. It's frustrating. It's simple, but it's absolutely not easy. Um, it's actually more difficult, but it's very simple. So don't overcomplicate it in 2023. Let's make fitness simple again. All right. If you like what I'm talking about, um, I always greatly appreciate donations to the show. Right now, the show is being funded by the ads I read beforehand. Um, but if you skip those, probably do. Uh, the other way is buy merch on fourthshiftfitness.com. I got shirts and hats and stickers and stuff or going to the buy me a coffee button. And I think it's a $3 donation at a time. And uh, ironically, it really does go towards coffee most of the time. It's either coffee for me or me and Katie when the kids are freaking out or uh, buy coffee and lunch for people I interview who are local. So uh, that's a great way to support the show. And I absolutely appreciate it. Thank you if you donated coffee money or bought merch in the past. And uh, I hope you guys are liking it. But let's keep it uh, let's keep it simple. Twenty twenty three. Let's keep, I'll keep working towards being more capable and durable, both on shift and away from it. Right, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Be a four shifter.